Hello, everybody, and welcome to And Then We Fought a Dragon. And then we fought a dragon. Yay! I am Becky. I'm Des. And we are back to chat with you about our first kind of, not exactly live session, but like our first fresh session rather than the recaps from episode one and two. So that's pretty, pretty exciting. Yes. Um, yeah. Just just a reminder for how we're anticipating these episodes will go. Des is going to give us kind of like a bit of a recap about what happened previously in the session before to remind us where we're beginning from. And then I will let y'all know about what happened during the session. And then we'll go through Des's little bullet point recap from that and discuss it a bit, have some chats about our speculations going forward, etc. And it should be fun. So this is with campaign two with Brenna and the gang. And I'm going to pass it over to Des. All right. So last week on, um, <laughs> I think I had uh, less notes, but they're helpful, at least good. for me to remember yeah. what happened. Um, <laughs> so first one is the children don't matter. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's what that really was the first thing that happened. Um, There was a fancy elf lady. Uh, We learned about the King family. Mm -hmm. Um, You are going to be a master of disguise. (laughs) Should be fun. (laughs) And there was um, finessing of a lock. I don't know why that one stood out so much because yeah. after the fact, it wasn't really the biggest uh, plot point, right. but it seemed very cool and interesting and fun yeah. that in the moment, from a distance, the lock was finessed. Yeah, that so, was Viper breaking into Selbane's house. Yes. Nice, nice. So that's really it. Um, there you go. Now, now uh, oh, and like the back lane, the, the window yeah. into the back lane, and now we're on to... What's happened this week? We are. What's happened this week? So we started, you know, exactly in the same place we left off, literally in Selbane's house, snooping around. Uh, As we left last episode, Glenn was starting a detect magic spell. So we got the results from it this time. He was definitely sensing some magic near the bed area. Conjuration magic, to be specific. And um, Okay, sorry. What kind of magic is that? Conjuration is kind of like almost creating something out of thin air, I think is the best way I could describe it. So it's not so much like an illusion or creating something from something that already exists. It's just bringing something there. Okay. So conjuration magic near the bed area, not the bed itself. We tried waving our hands through the bed, but it was definitely there. Um, So Viper took his mage hand, which is a spell basically telepathically move things and reached around under the bed kind of feeling around and found a bit of a loose board that seemed to have a, a hinge and an underfloor compartment oh it was interesting so we moved the bed uh, to see the compartment better and got it open and there was just a pretty simple iron box inside but like with a really strong secure lock on it like the box was simple the lock was not kind of situation but we couldn't really see what the the conjuration magic might be from we were a little sketched out by the box so glenn cast identify on the box itself just to see if there was any weird quirks we should know about before trying to break into it and discovered that the lock had a cloud kill spell on it which when opened without a key sprays toxic gas everywhere for six seconds for 10 whole minutes oh it would have killed us all we would have all <laughs> died there was nowhere to hide out of range from the box in this house so really really glad for the yeah. uh the the finding out of yeah that. good identify spell do not open the box <laughs> so we put the box in glenn's bag of holding we figured like maybe we could find a key down the road or a way to dispel the spell on the lock kind of thing and as we were moving it you could hear like kind of some coins moving inside and then something else was definitely like thunking inside so there's something in there which could be fun 
And then again, which we kind of noticed from last time, we didn't learn a whole lot of new stuff on it this time, but there were some braided cords on the coffee table that just almost seemed to be kind of like, just as a habit, he kind of braids these cords into a shape of a flower. So it didn't seem to be a symbol of anything, but we thought it seemed odd that there was quite a few of them all around everywhere. So we made note of that. Maybe he just likes arts and crafts. Maybe. It's just like a nice stress reliever, you know, doing some good braiding. <laughs> so we took note of it, but didn't think it was too weird, you know. And then Sumi and Mako decided to continue checking out actually in the alley itself, where the window was that seemed to be traversed a bit. And didn't like find a whole lot. Viper joined them. They looked for some footprints, couldn't find much. But based on the mud that they were getting on their own feet, they figured that the window was often used as an exit from the house, but not an entrance to the house. There was no muddy tracks on the wall or the windowsill or anything. Uh-huh. So that that seemed notable, I suppose. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> At least we know he's going out kind of thing, maybe in the front door, out the, the window. And then the alley, which met a bunch of different alleys, there was two of those adjoining ones that seemed a little more important than the others, perhaps. One of them entered onto a busy market where it'd be really easy to get kind of lost in a crowd very quickly, which could be useful. And the other one went quite quickly down to the docks area, sort of near the taverns where we had been the night before. So also an area we know he's been around a little bit. So we decided as a group, we would go down and check the docks area and Mm -hmm. see if we could find any more clues of him there. We decided that we would have Brenna, me, um, change to look like Salvain. If you remember from last time, I am a changeling, so I can change my appearance. <laughs> and so I look like Salvain based on the description we had of him from Cassandra, the elf lady that we'd met before, and put on the clothes that I had stolen from him. So I looked as much like him as possible. And then we went down to the docks and kind of like keeping an eye out to see if anyone gave me any weird looks like, what are you doing here? Kind of thing. What if, what if you were like exactly on point, but your ears were like abnormally large and someone was like, um, okay. Well, I mean, I, I guess that would give me lots of weird looks. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) We didn't really notice a whole lot of weird looks, unfortunately, because I'm walking with a triton who is a large fish man with a trident <laughs> and he was drawing quite a bit of attention Selbane's outfits are like muted colors like he's trying to get by unnoticed yeah and it was succeeding though accidentally in this case perhaps yeah true yeah um but as we we're walking I kind of tried to keep an eye out for a halfling. We know that he's met with a halfling called Rabbit's Foot. We don't have a description of what Rabbit's Foot looked like. So I was just like, do I notice any halflings staring at me who look like they might be Rabbit's Foot? They have a Rabbit's Foot necklace, maybe, like something like that. Yeah. So I was looking around, and as we walked, we were kind of pacing up and down the docks a little bit throughout the afternoon. I did notice a halfling who seemed to have like a flash of recognition almost, but then no open didn't stare, didn't approach kind of thing. It was almost like when you're kind of looking at someone and then they turn and look at you, like just as you look and you accidentally make eye contact. And so it's not like you were staring at them, but now you're like, wait, do I think they're staring at me? It's like awkward. (laughs) So it was like that kind of moment. (laughs) But, you know, it seemed worth pointing out to the rest of the group. So I kind of quietly pointed him out to everybody. And uh, Viper has a familiar... Um, an animal creature who can do errands and whatnot for him and who he can kind of project himself into, I suppose, and use the eyes and ears of his creature. So he kind of put a hand on my shoulder and went into his raven, Silas, and had him kind of tail the halfling a little bit to see where he was going. And he went down the docks a bit and entered a fishery kind of fish market area a little further down. And Viper actually recognized the fishery um, he said he's banned from that particular fishery. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he apparently swiped a few fish. I mean, he is a tabaxi. He is a cat person and a rogue. So that seems legit, but uh, he can't go in. So he figured it might be worth checking out, but he can't do that. <laughs> Just to let you know. Yeah, yeah. he will wait outside. 
So we decided we would go check it out, leaving Viper outside. And I kind of just popped into an alley and changed into one of my kind of regularly used masks, my my looks that I have. So I turned into Urdane, who is a blonde middle-aged elf. He is a bit of a merchant type person. So seems like he could go into a fish market and not be to a miss sort of thing. And I was I was wearing Selvain's clothes. So I'm wearing a dude's clothes. So I was like, I'll just change into my other dude mask. That'll be easy. Yeah. And uh, then we went inside. So Sumi and Nathaniel and I went inside the fish market. The others waited outside. And inside there was like some kids with slingshots who were waiting to get any birds that got inside to try and steal the fish. There's sellers at their stalls hawking their fish and their wares and whatnot. And the halfling was kind of in the back, waiting at a counter, seemingly buying some fish. And mm. just casually looking out at the crowd while his fish was packed up sort of thing. And no bad vibes from like the general market area or anything seemed pretty above board, you know? So um, kind of looking in that direction where the halfling was, one of those fish sellers noticed uh, Urdane and Sumi and Nathaniel and kind of you want to buy food sort of thing and so we <laughs> went over and uh, went to order some fish and I don't know fish so I was like I don't know what I want to order so I was like oh yeah we're new in town you know we just want something that you know gives us a taste of the area sort of thing so he recommended <laughs> fish to us and uh, I placed an order what a w- odd way to be welcomed to the area such an odd <laughs> way fish. And I, was, I was trying to kind of like make small talk with him trying to like edge him for like maybe a tour of the fishery in case the fishery itself was a sus area or something but he what he wasn't given so I went to go wait kind of near where the halfling was I tried to be really subtle about it I rolled really poorly and was the opposite of subtle about it it's kind of like it's kind of like you weirdo okay (laughs) then picked up his order which seemed to be a bundle that could be a fish-like shape wrapped in kind of brown paper bag type thing and then left so seemed pretty normal viper had silas tail him again as he left but then silas kind of lost him in the alleys sort of thing so we all gathered back together and uh, mako was really excited about the red group right was a, tri- um, a triton and a fisherman so he was like this is a great fish this is a good time (laughs) i would be really excited about this kai is his best friend i haven't mentioned that mako loves to talk about kai kai is his best friend back home he's the kind of guy who's like hi i'm mako have you met my best friend kai like he's obsessed (laughs) with talking about kai (laughs) that came up and we popped the fish in Glenn's bag, couldn't, couldn't eat it right now, and decided to go where Silas had lost the halfling to see if we could continue tracking him a little bit, just because we were kind of curious yeah. where, where he was going, who he was, sort of thing. And in a nearby alley near that area, we found an opened bag from the fishery and just like some chunks of cheap fish lying around it, seemingly that they might have been packed around something. Mm-hmm. And then we're just left on the ground. So we're like, oh, interesting. Very interesting. So we're trying to figure out what we want to do next. There's lots of back and forth thing with debating what to do this session. And we decided, we thought this evening at dinner time, um, Brenna would go to the broken keg as Salbane mm-hmm. and wait at his and Rabbit's foot regular booth to see if the halfling would show up. And kind of gauge his response sort of thing which is something we discussed a little bit last session but we had some time to kill before that so we thought we'd go to that market where the other alley had exited out on and just see if there was anything around there a few of us tried recreating some of those braided flowers and uh brenna did really well at it we wanted to keep an eye out for them at the market in case it was like a secret symbol oh yeah yeah it could it could be and um as we walked through the market there's like tons of exotic wares and stalls and hawkers and all sorts of things and we looked around looked around and noticed some braided flowers hung amongst kind of exotic flowers at a brothel called silver web so i thought that's interesting interesting to note but it was getting a bit late so we had to rush 
Well, make my appointment. I'm so curious. <laughs> well, maybe we'll come back, you know, you know. But we, we did think it was interesting. I mean, it's not seemingly like a symbol symbol. So it could just be purely coincidence. Like it looks like the sort of thing, you know, when you learn to do certain braids or like hemp bracelets in, in elementary school, like just everybody sort of knows how to do these things. It almost seemed like something like that where it's just a certain kind of braid you pick up in school and you know how to do, not a, yeah. not a big deal. I guess so, but still, mm. curiouser and curiouser. Yes. <laughs> so we went to the Broken Keg, and um, I forgot to mention I had changed back into Selbane for the market. We were checking if there was any weird looks, no weird looks. Um, so we went back to the Broken Keg, and we decided we wouldn't all go in. That might be a bit suspicious. Also, Sumi and Nathaniel had been in the market at the same time as the halfling, so we might recognize them, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So Glenn, our artificer and viper, our rogue, came in with me, and they sat at their own table, kind of off to the side, and viper pointed out the booth. And then there was a bit of debate about whether I would sit on the right side of the booth or the left side of the booth. I wanted to sit on the left side of the booth because then I could see the door and see when he entered. Uh, but Viper said that I should sit at the right with my back because then if my face wasn't accurate enough like Sylvane, then he would like still come into the, the room rather than just leaving right away. So I was like, okay, that, that seems like a decent rationale. Okay, I'll sit on the right side of the booth. So back to the door. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, I, it, it was convincing enough. And I had asked Sumi to keep an eye outside for if they saw the halfling enter. And also Viper could see the door. So to like give me some kind of nod or something if they saw him enter. Both of them missed him entering. No, <laughs> no sign was given. <laughs> so I was just sitting at the booth nursing an ale and a little halfling jumps into the chair, the bench in front of me. And it's like, oh, hey, how, how are you doing? Sort of thing. Kicking his feet up, heads behind his back. And, uh, Good work, just, everybody. Yeah, Thanks. right. Just basically goes, so where you been kind of thing. And I noticed like, as he looked at my face, a bit of an eyebrow cock up kind of thing. And so I jumped the gun a little because I was like, oh, shoot, he knows I'm not self-made. So I tried to cast charm person on him. And um, charm person, which I didn't realize ahead of time, is what is known as a verbal and a semantic spell. Verbal meaning you have to say something to cast it. Semantic meaning there's like hand movement involved. Oh. So like not subtle. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> Very like, much <laughs> obvious. Yeah. Uh, so I tried to cast a spell on him and um, he dispelled the spell because he knows more magic than I do. <laughs> <laughs> in my head it's it, i'm sure it was like finessed a bit more but i'm just thinking you being like hang on, hang on. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> just chuck it at his face <laughs> see if it works it doesn't matter because they're charmed if it doesn't work it's super obvious you just tried to cast a spell on them <laughs> and it was super obvious <laughs> So he was like, um, what's all this then? I thought you'd keep up your charade a little longer. And I was like, so what gave it away? I'm just trying to play it cool sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, he said that Selbane's nose is a little more crooked. So I did get the nose wrong. And uh, he's got more of an accent than I was using. To be fair, I didn't even try doing a voice that was on me. <laughs> I gave up. Accent. That's my fault. <laughs> I'll do better next time. <laughs> now we know. Now we know. And uh, so we, I adjusted my nose and he was like, oh yeah, now you got it. You're good. So we were vibing, you know, just kind of like both sussing each other out a little bit. And uh, I was trying to get, try, I tried to explain that I was trying to get information about Sylvain. I tried to pass off that he was an old friend. Rabbit's foot was like, yeah, no, you're not. I was like, fine, I'm a friend of a friend, okay? And we're trying to find him. And uh, that we we checked out his house. He wasn't there. People were worried. Just trying to find out where he was kind of thing. Yeah. We know you've seen him. We know you hang out with him sort of thing. And um, over the course of three gold coins passed over at intervals in the conversation, uh, please <laughs> note that one gold coin is an entire day's wages. So I was paying good money for this information. Um, Rabbit's foot did share some information with me. He was uh, pretty helpful, honestly. 
even though I, I did apologize for trying to cast a spell on him. I think that, I think that helped. <laughs> and uh, he said, when they last met, hmm? I was going to say, a really bad spell. <laughs> it was a good spell. I'm just a, a low-level caster. <laughs> it was not a good idea, but that's okay. <laughs> you tried. I tried. And honestly, like, slight off top, well, no, on topic, but, like, had I not cast the spell and tried to pretend to be Selbane, what motivation would I have had to find information about Selbane? That makes no sense. So him not him knowing that I'm not actually Selbane allowed me to kind of get more information about him. It made it made a little more sense. So I felt a bit redeemed. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the last time Rabbit's Foot and Selbane met, which was about eight days ago or so, just over a week, Selbane had been asking him about the trade of people, about slaving, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And um, Rabbit's Foot had been like, mm, my gang doesn't really touch that stuff, but maybe talk to the spiders or the snakes, uh, who are the Yanti, which are literally snake people. At their finest form, they basically look like giant snakes with arms. And they can also look like humans with some scales and like slit eyes and slit nose kind of thing. So various level of snakiness. I like that version better. Have yeah. you seen those like they're kinda of, I think they're a type of newt and they mm-hmm. fully look like a snake, but they have these teeny little tiny <laughs> arms. That is probably the correct picture. But imagine it like six foot tall, like giant <laughs> humanoid size. I the picture in my mind is so vivid. It is awesome. very clear. <laughs> well that's the Yanti. <laughs> I like them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, other than the fact that they're notorious slavers. Not not okay. super great, but... You don't like that part. Yeah, no. <laughs> so the snakes are the yanti, snake people, and the spiders are the drow, or the dark elves, who typically serve the spider queen, hence the spider nickname. And uh, yeah, his, his gang wasn't involved with that, but their gangs tend to know more, so like, maybe go talk to them kind of thing. And he didn't have a whole lot more information than that, but he did note that Salbane spent a lot of time at a, a brothel called the Spider or the Silver Web. Is that, a, is that something we've heard before? That That's is it. a brothel we've seen before. <laughs> Call back! Call back! So he spent a lot of time at the Silver Web and talked a lot about an elven princess that he would meet there. I tried to get a real name. Rabbit's Foot was like, honestly, I just don't care enough to ask. I don't know her real name. Elven princess is all I got. So uh, that was about as much information as I got out of him. He wanted some information from me. He asked about my shape-changing ability and, like, how I was doing it because he couldn't even see the edges of his spell with, like, detect magic. I was like, yeah, we'll just call it a spell kind of thing. He's like, well, you know, a lot of money could be made by someone with skills like that if you're interested sort of thing. So he offered to meet me the next night if I want a job. Basically, I I have a fallback now. That's good. Yeah, but I can join I ha- crime. <laughs> yeah. My question is, and maybe this is me really like blowing the cover on yeah. everything, but if you're telling him, it's a spell, but you couldn't even cast a spell on him. How is he supposed to believe you? He did request. Yes, I'm a little worried with the whole talk of like kidnapping and slaving. I don't know particularly how unusual changelings are. So if he suspects that what I am, I don't want to meet him and like get ganged up on and kidnapped or something and used for their ulterior motives. So I'm not going to take the job, but it was nice to get an offer, you know? Yeah, it's nice to be needed, I guess, right? Yeah, it's nice to be needed, exactly. So after that, he left. I kind of called the rest of the party over, told them what I'd found. And um, yeah, basically they reiterated their information that, again, the Yanti and the Drow are both notorious slavers, um, both from different areas. The Yanti are from the southern continent, predominantly, and the Drow are from the Underdark. Not exactly hell but like literally they live underground kind of thing and they hate each other they're like competing slavers oh yeah they don't work together and spiders and snakes is kind of like 
I guess a derogatory nickname kind of thing. Like they don't call themselves that. It's how other people refer to a gang name or anything. So we okay. thought they might be a bit of a lead, you know, maybe Selbane had talked to them about whatever information he wanted and gotten himself kidnapped or something, which mm-hmm. would have been unfortunate. Um, but we decided, seeing as it was the certain time of night, maybe we'd go to the Silver Web tonight and follow that lead, try and find the Elven Princess. So I changed back into Brenna, clothes and all, shake it off, no more being a dude, been a dude <laughs> all day, back to myself. And uh, at the Silver Web, Sumi, Mako, and Viper went inside well, Glenn, Nathaniel, and I waited outside, you know, didn't want to overpower the brothel. I was tired from faking all day. So uh, when they came back, it appeared only Sumi had stayed on task. Oh, um, yeah. And Viper and Mako had a great time, but they didn't stay on task. So oops, but um, Sumi met the Alvin Princess. Okay. <laughs> and um, discovered that actually... She and Selbane were in love and planning to run away together. He was going to, like, sail her away to a sunset on his, on a boat or something kind of thing. They were, they were going to run away together, essentially. And so Sumi spent a lot of time basically consoling the woman who's in love with him because, oh, by the way, he's missing kind of thing. Oh. So not, not a super fun time for them. But we did learn that Selbane is not his real name. And uh, his real name is actually Perkas Sultana. So now we thought, well, the library did us so well looking for Selbane's address. Maybe they have an address for Perkas Sultana. Maybe he's got a second house or something. Yeah. But it was pretty late at night. So we decided to have a midnight feast. Uh, Sumi cooked us the fish that I had bought earlier in the day. We didn't want it to go off. On gold, which again is a day's wages it was an expensive fish so we wanted to treat it right (laughs) this whole this whole time has been very expensive yeah variety of reasons well the you should have heard that i don't know this in character the brothel was like 30 plus gold coins per person (laughs) it was very expensive what were they doing in there i was really glad i didn't go in because i don't have that kind of money to throw around That's but, okay. um, I think you know what they were doing in there. It's a problem. <laughs> you never know. Maybe there's extra activities available. Well, yeah, Sumi was chatting, was consoling the Alvin princess, I suppose. She did pay to do that, because you gotta pay for her time, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but we cooked our fish. Um, it wasn't cooked super well. Glenn felt a little sick afterwards, but, you know, we tried, so... <laughs> the next morning, we went to the library, and time Nathaniel and Mako took a point to approach the librarian. We didn't want to test the librarian too much, having the same person be like, oh, can you give me an address? Oh, can you give me an address? Yeah. Oh, sketchy. And the librarian was a bit hesitant even to give them the address. It's like, this isn't, we shouldn't really be publicly giving you all this information kind of thing. And so Viper kind of sidled up and took out his his holy symbol. He is a religious man, even though he seems pretty suspicious, and um, pretended to be an acolyte, um, basically a cleric in training sort of thing of mm-hmm. this, this church, and kind of in a hushed voice explained that there's been a very bad case of gonorrhea going around. This individual needs to be informed. <laughs> And we were all like, um, dude, there's a plague right there. Why did it have to be gonorrhea? <laughs> so the librarian seemed a little shocked. I feel like he just likes causing problems for no reason at all. But it's so funny. <laughs> uh, but it did work. And the librarian checked and didn't find any property registered under the name Sultana. So then with the mention of no property registered, Nathaniel, once we'd kind of gathered back together, pointed out that like, maybe we should try the docks. Maybe he has a boat if he and this elven princess were going to sail away together kind of thing. And we could check with the dock master and see if he'd had had a boat registered kind of thing. So we're like, great idea. Head to the docks, found the dock master and um, asked him, just like straight up, Mako was like, 
hey, where's Perkis's boat docked kind of thing. We're supposed to meet him, but we didn't get directions. And um, the, the dock master was a little annoyed to have his day interrupted, but did give us directions to Perkis's boat. Perkis had a boat okay. and noted that we should tell Perkis that he's a week overdue on his docking fees. Mm. That was also interesting because it seems like it's unusual for him to be late in paying. So all our timelines are kind of like he's been gone for at least a week. Yeah. Sort of thing. So we went to the boat. It was a nice houseboat for like two or three people kind of thing. Uh, looked locked. There was nobody in it. So Viper did his thing and uh, picked that lock and we went inside. And this was definitely a more lived in space than his house. His house was like very unlived in, very bare bones, not a whole lot there. This had like food in the pantry, bedding, paper out on the tables kind of thing. It didn't seem like stuff was hidden away. It was just out there kind of thing. This was where he was living predominantly. Yeah. So that was handy. We, we looked through some of the notebooks and they seemed to be written like in gibberish, like maybe a code of some kind. It wasn't another language. It just had no meaning all of these notebooks and we looked at kind of some of the documents on the table there was a note about arranging safe passage for three people down to scarbia which is a city on the southern continent notably where the auntie are from mm -hmm. and also an unfinished letter to the mistress and the letter mentioned the price daughter now the prices are one of the other wealthy families of Havenport, similar to the Kings who Cassandra works for. Mm -hmm. And their daughter has been kidnapped by the Yanti, by slavers. And also that she is a tar addict, which is a, a heroin-like substance. So she was a very vulnerable person, got kidnapped outside a bar kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And this letter suggests that her retrieval and this information could be valuable to the King family in staying in the good books of the Price family. So very political kind of up there. This and is so involved. I know. <laughs> and it seems like Salvane was planning to track her down and like buy her back from the slavers to give her and this evidence to the King family to then present to the, to the Price family. And then went missing. Yeah. Thing. So Glenn uses his sending stone. He had sent one to Cassandra. It's essentially like, think of it like a walkie-talkie kind of thing. Yeah. He can talk into the stone. She can talk back to it kind of thing. And they can communicate. So he, he mentions, you know, we found some information. Do you know who the mistress might be? And she was like, oh, you really have found some information. I'm the mistress. So we're like, oh, okay. That makes sense. All lines up. We took the letter. And then planned to meet Cassandra in the evening to kind of present this information that we found to her because that's what we were paid to do to find information about this guy kind of thing so we give her the letter she reads it all over she's very impressed with this information that we found and the speed at which we found it it's only been a couple mm -hmm. of days and offers us a choice of money and payment or things the King family being a powerful family of Havencourt can find like unique and potentially magical items that they could give us as payment. So we decided, yeah, let's take some things. Things could be kind of fun. So, <laughs> so ambiguous. Things. <laughs> Just things. Exactly. Um, like probably magic items, which can have so many good uses. So that would be exciting to find out next time. I presume we're in game. We're going to meet her the next day after she's obtained some things. And then she also asked if we would be interested in kind of pursuing this information that we found and in finding Salbane and finding the Price daughter and recovering them. And we would be paid more for that, again, whether in money or in things, whatever we prefer. Yeah. Um, she suggested she might be able to find us passage to the southern continent if we needed to travel to get there to find them. And we kind of bartered with her a, a cost arrangement with that, where if we come back with them, we don't have to pay for the travel. It would be free. So we haven't fully decided if we're going to go find them, but it seems like it seems like a potential option. Uh, but notably, that continent, which is known as Shinusa, uh, Shinusa, uh, has dinosaurs, and obviously is is a continent of slavers and many other violent communities. There's much need to protect oneself against physical dangers. There's a lot going on down there. 
dinosaurs dinosaurs like land sea sky dinosaurs so are they like dinosaur dragons or or dinosaurs dinosaurs okay like full-on t-rexes that's the only dinosaur i know the the the, not the timeline but like the this world is confusing (laughs) like like i don't understand it's a totally make-believe so if you think of it in terms as our world it would be confusing but it's it's all made up. <laughs> but but even for make believe, this is a lot of stuff. <laughs> I should I, I should send you or like post a picture of a map so people can kind of get an idea. Right now we're on the main continent, kind of central western coast. And the southern continent is a few weeks' journey right below us. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a much smaller continent, but apparently has dinosaurs. <laughs> So danger, um, which is causing some party members to be a bit hesitant about the idea of traveling there and yeah. um, maybe dying at the hands of dinosaurs. <laughs> um, so we have to think that through. There's, um, there's dinosaurs. Tabaxi are notably from there. Viper himself is from there. He hasn't been there in many years, though, but would be interested in going back. And the Yanti and also lizard folk live there. So all sorts of interesting races haven't <laughs> meant a whole lot of yet. And, but in the meantime, we plan on researching and kind of scouting out to see if Salbane and the Price Daughter are maybe still here in Havenport. Mm-hmm. It is several weeks journey out there, so they might not have left yet. We might be able to recover them here, uh, like if we'll need to travel to the other continent. And we also want to ask Cassandra if she'll give us some money to buy them back with, because it's probably more money than we have, because we're poor. So we have to ask for that. And um, then we ended off the session leveling up, which was exciting. We have been level three, and now we are level four. And uh, level four notably comes with either your choice of an ability score increase, which is like your dexterity, your charisma, your strength, your intelligence, your wisdom, and your constitution. You can boost that by a couple, or you can choose a feat, like an ability. Um, And I chose a feat. I chose the magic initiate feat, which allows me to choose some cantrips and spells from a different class's spell list. Every class has their own spell list. So I chose from the sorcerer spell list and I got a firebolt and an acid splash cantrip, which mm. should be fun. Yeah. And a chaos bolt spell, which sounds crazy. <laughs> Basically, I shoot, a, I shoot like this, this chaos bolt at somebody. And if the dice line up the right way, it jumps from them to somebody else. And it can keep like jumping and causing damage to multiple people. It seems pretty cool. If it, the, if it works pretty chaotic pretty chaotic exactly so because you're you have these abilities there's improvement in magic Does yes that, that means that you won't get a repeat of what happened earlier with your spell situation yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wanted a boost in like I have quite a few spells even though I'm a low level caster um I didn't have many that caused like significant damage And I didn't want to have to be like pulling out a a sword or a rapier or something and getting in that close contact because I don't have very strong armor. So I'm very easy to stab myself. Yeah. Prefer to stay a distance. Uh, So I wanted more damage spells, which these ones all seem to be. Very much. (laughs) And I also got from my own level up in my class, I got the invisibility spell, which is fun. (laughs) I can turn myself or other people invisible oh really that's nice at this level i can just do one person but as i level up um with each level up i can do or as i get higher level spell slots rather with each higher level slot i can do an additional person nice very fun yeah so pretty exciting how super exciting yeah like very much i i feel like so much happened that yeah it's almost hard to believe how and long it was okay. a short session too oh, okay. it was only like five hours which is long but shorter than we usually well, go for. I mean, compared to your first round going and you being like what is going on <laughs> i need to go to the bathroom i need a snack 
Exactly. <laughs> Somebody help. I'm prepared. I was but, so unprepared. <laughs> but now you're prepared. But even though it was shorter, like, I guess maybe not so much. I mean, so much did happen, but it feels like you got so much information. Yes. Very information heavy arc. Like, not so much fighting in this yeah. arc. Very much just like information and solving clues and finding hints and whatnot. I just, I don't even know how you keep track of it all, but (laughs) I guess I will go into my little recap and we can pull apart anything that, that may need to have more answers to, but I really liked this, really liked this one. It was so fun. (laughs) Um, It makes me, not that I've ever not felt excited. It's kind of funny because even with your other campaign and this (laughs) one, every time I'm like. I wonder, I literally have no idea what's going to happen next. No, I don't know how DMs do it. Like, I have so much admiration for the DMs yeah. who, like, plot this all out. And, like, with no 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 way of knowing if we're going to even pick up the clues. And, like, he's, uh, our, our DM said we did things in a different order than he expected us to. But we did pick up most of the things. Well, maybe not most, but, like, enough of the things that he'd left for us to find. Yeah. Sort of thing. But, yeah, I don't know how they do it. So impressive. So, yeah. so impressive. So, um, we start off. There's magic around the bed. Not the actual bed, but around <laughs> the bed. Uh, you find a death lock on a box. Yeah. Keep that for a later time. Yeah. Um, there's also some arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. Super cute. Um, oh, out, not in. I think that's to do with the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, then you went down to the docks. Yep. Um, you did a little sneaky disguise. There was a uh, fishery banishment. <laughs> and then uh, you left the fishery and found some sus fish chunks. Yeah. That didn't, nothing came of that though, right? Well, I, when I was chatting with Rabbit's Foot, I, straight up just said hey what was in your fish bundle earlier and he was just like hey hey, nothing (laughs) but like he definitely had something inside it we don't know what it was yeah probably gang related but yes there was an exchange of some sort that wasn't exclusively fish sure yeah okay (laughs) so um then there's flowers the arts and crafts were on the brothel Mm -hmm. but didn't really know anything about that uh, a spell gone wrong. <laughs> not not your finest moment, but it's fine. I was so nervous, honestly. <laughs> like, just having a one-on-one thing was like, I'm just like, <laughs> But it, I mean, it's better that it happened early on, right? Yeah. And you figured it out, and now... And I think it, it went fairly well. Like, he actually gave me information. So yeah, I was gonna say. Better than it could have been. <laughs> now you have information. Yeah. You, you got what you needed, right? Yeah. Um... Then the found out about the snake and spider slavers, mm-hmm. which that's still. I mean, not that I'm confused, but obviously you don't know. Everything. Yeah, you don't know it's much about like, them. Uh, the first first steps into figuring yeah. out what's going on. Yeah. Then the elven princess. Okay, I am a little confused about that. Though. Okay. So there's this elven princess, but she. Yeah works in a brothel she is a she's not a real princess she's like their their top prostitute basically so uh-huh. you pay a lot of money to to go hang out with the elven princess and be part of her court kind okay of thing. yeah and she's in love with Salvain. yes he's one and... of her regulars okay oh yeah. but she is she it's reciprocated by yeah. both yeah. okay she what she wanted to run away with him she's very sad and worried that he's potentially missing. Okay, and so she's it says sad princess. Yeah. Just elven princess, sad princess. Yeah. Also, she's not an elf. She's a half elf, but she's not an elf. They're just really like selling the elf part. Okay. The the I guess they're exoticizing her. Yeah, basically. Okay. Well, it's that's... a weird king thing. <laughs> Too bad, but uh, yeah. this is life. <laughs> Oops. Um so Stuff happened in the brothel. We don't know yeah. all the details, but a lot of stuff went down. It's fun. I mean, I could tell you what I know out of character. It was pretty hilarious, honestly. But 
the a boys lot of money a lot of money was spent some fade to black moments oh. you know? <laughs> we love those I mean there was stripping last session so I don't know I, I just based on the trajectory of the <laughs> I don't even know what how what would you call it just the scandalism there's more like sexual content in this campaign than there is in the other one for sure. <laughs> what is it going to evolve into? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We will. <laughs> um, so then, uh, oh, gonorrhea at the library <laughs> is the next point. It was so out of the blue. <laughs> I just, I can't imagine being like, oh, there's a deadly plague going around, but yeah. You know what? Matt gonorrhea. <laughs> and then after he asked about Perkis's information, he was like, oh, by the way, you got the addresses for these two prostitutes that I saw last night? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't seemed... get addresses for them, but... <laughs> pretty pretty one-track-minded here. Yeah, he had a, or... a very good time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. And then um, boat time. Mm-hmm. And then on the boat, so much intrigue. Like, I can't even get into all of it, but so much. Yeah. I mean, not that we, I can't get into it, but obviously. <laughs> there was a lot we found out in a very short span. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you get some things because of what you've discovered. Yeah. Magic, magic things. Yeah. Um, you're going to go to the dinosaurs. Maybe. Potentially. Yeah. And you leveled up. So exciting. Yeah. So that's big, big session. Big session. I think I don't even know, like from start to finish, it felt like I was like, <laughs> what, where is this going? So many tourists and turns. Yeah. It was exciting. I liked yeah. it all. I think I'm most curious about if you go to the dinosaurs <laughs> and I guess all the stuff with like the slavers and everything and that. Yeah. And also there's that other, I mean, we didn't even mention it, but the, the other, she's not a princess. What was she? The, the daughter of the. Oh yeah. The Price's one? daughter. Yeah. So we're also trying to save, we don't have her name yet, but we will obtain it if we think, choose to track them. I think those things are what I'm most curious about yeah. potentially finding out about. Yeah. I think uh, two-thirds of the party, I think, is on board to go to the dinosaur content at the moment. Um, I think Glenn, maybe someone else. I can't remember. Might even be Nathaniel. They're a little hesitant to, to head down there to the danger. I'm like, hey, I've never left the continent. Good yeah. man. Why not? <laughs> and dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Super cool. So I did ask Viper if he'd if he'd left on good terms and he just kind of was like <laughs> So we determined no, probably not. <laughs> Someone commented, does he leave anywhere on good terms? <laughs> Has he ever entered or left any situation on good terms with anyone? Just the brothel. <laughs> but but was it reciprocated there? True. It was paid. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We may never know. We may not. Uh, it was a fun session, though. <sighs> so much intrigue. Like, I I know I said it earlier with the DMs, like, how they do it kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, imagining all these, these clues and things, like, setting up such an intricate scavenger hunt in a way. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm just so curious about what we missed like what he put in there that we didn't pick up on and could have led us to something else or led us to something sooner and whatnot I think that like if I were to dm a thing I would like struggle with rejection <laughs> like <laughs> this was really cool how did well, that happened in our other I sorry to go to the other campaign on this one but when we had gone to Crodden where we were seeing you know Ava's group the cactus Thing with Kyrian threw a wrench into our DM's plan. She had had like a situation set up. She had like a speech written that this person was going to give that we just like totally missed all that stuff because of things mm -hmm. happening. And so 
it, it just is, is gone now kind of thing. And it would be so sad to put so much work into all those things and then just like, oh, I guess I won't use that. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it must also, though, that's why they keep doing it, right? Yeah. Like, you just got to keep going, and then you never know what you'll get to use at a different time. So yeah. props to them. And I'm sure, like, them. as... I mean, I, I can't speak for DMs, but I would imagine as a DM, you'd kind of get to know your party a bit and what sort of things they pick up on. And then you you can guide them maybe a little bit more. You can never can fully guarantee what a party's going to do, but yeah. you have a little more influence, perhaps. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and apparently the side of the table I chose was the right side. Uh, we were told, remember at the, the booth? Oh, yeah, yeah. But... I chose back to the door. Apparently, if I'd chosen front to the door, it would have gone a whole different direction, our DM said. I don't know what that means, but could have been, could have been not good, I guess. Well, that's good. I guess that's, that's a, that's a good thing. Like, Thanks to Viper thing. for that one. Yeah. <laughs> the, I, I don't want to say the only good thing he's done, but maybe one of the more it's helpful. The most recent. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yep. So there we go. Good session. Good session. I'm excited to see if we're going to go find dinosaurs next time. Me too. I'm definitely really looking forward to what happens next. Yeah. Very cool. Well, should we roll some dice? Let's do it. Okay, I'll get them down without smashing everything. In case you're watching the video podcast, this is my dice rolling box that I painted and filled with felt. It's from Dollarama, and I love it very much. Please admire it. Okay, thanks. Bye. Um, <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> pink dice, green dice, or purple and teal dice? I think we're on to pink. We'll do all of those, all of them in a okay. row, and then we'll we'll switch random. as we go. <laughs> I warn you, this is my first dice from my first set, and it notoriously rolls terribly. So... <laughs> We'll see what happens. Well, <laughs> 14. That's one of its best rolls ever, to be okay. honest. <laughs> well, that's exciting. because I was 16... expecting like a three. <laughs> we had 15, 17 an hour at back down to 14. 14. Still. Yeah. We've been above 10 for all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. It's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you for listening. Uh, if you're still here, look forward to chatting about this campaign more in two weeks. And hopefully you'll join us for campaign one in the interim. And enjoy time there. Yeah, looking forward to getting into all of that too. Yeah, it's been two weeks since I played in that campaign. So it feels like it's been a very long time. Excited to be back. All right. Bye. Bye.